from Hollywood, it's rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Hey, 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 welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and yes, I am your host, Rob Watson. Uh, today we have another really fascinating show um, with a really dynamic guest, um, and can't wait to talk to him. Today we are going to be talking to Kendrick Leon Val. Kendrick is a TikTok star. Um, he's got a lot of cute, funny, you know, imaginative um, TikToks out there. Uh, he has 145,000 um, followers. So um, they're entertained with him frequently. Uh, he has a really uh, interesting past that has led him to this moment of his uh, TikTok fandom. Um, at 14, he was signed by a record label, um, and that was going really well until he posted a photo with his then-boyfriend on social media. Um, they kind of came down on him. And uh, I think we're trying to force him back into a closet, um, which he resisted and chose not to do. And uh, then they dropped him as a result. So um, he was encountering homophobia pretty early on. Um, He also then, uh, in his 20s, was undergoing some introspective um, process within himself Um, on his mental health, and in that process determined that, uh, or or as part of the process, he he lost about 150 pounds. Um, So he has some viewpoints on body image and body positivity um, as a a result of that journey from, um, I think it was like 300-some pounds down to probably around 150 and he is now up um, a few pounds higher than that um, currently. Um, but his, his self-projection, uh, I mean, if you see him on TikTok, he's absolutely beautiful, gorgeous eyebrows, beautiful eyes, wonderful lips, wonderful face contour. Um, the pictures I've seen of him previously, I think he's still an attractive guy. Then, obviously, his facial features came out more, with the weight loss. But um, anyway, that's, he has a, a journey and a story to tell around that adventure. Um, he is also an actor and a singer, and we're going to talk to him about those talents as well. So um, that's, that's our show for today. Um, before we bring Kendrick on, I'm going to go to Brody Levesque. Brody is co-host of the show, and he is also the editor of the Los Angeles Blade magazine. And you can find that on LosAngelesBlade.com. Um, it is a cutting-edge LGBT newspaper that has the latest breaking stories with um, expert journalism, as well as um, really great articles about the arts. And they're written by, I forget what his name is. Um, actually, there are a couple of people, but anyway. Um, Brody, welcome to the show. Brody. Written by a couple of people, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good afternoon to our listeners. Good afternoon uh, to our supporters. Thank you again for subscribing to our podcast, and 
regardless of where you are on the planet, the third rock from the sun, happy pride. Um, it's been a little traumatic pride season this year, and we've had some incidences that have taken place that have kind of cast a little bit of a pall over the festivities. Uh, we had a situation occur uh, where a California state senator uh, was suffering um, death threats and a bomb threat. The California Highway Patrol and the San Francisco Police Department uh, investigated uh, using um, explosive sniffing uh, canine units uh, and bomb specialists, and they cleared those. Um, one of the reasons we determined for that threat was because the senator had tweeted about uh, a situation that occurred um, a day before this past weekend where a group of uh, neo-Nazi white nationalist Proud Boys had uh, invaded a drag queen story hour at a library in Alameda County, California, shouting homophobic uh, epithets, uh, some nasty trans things, and unfortunately, right in front of the little kids, which terrified them, terrified their parents, uh, and that turned out not to be a good thing. Um, ironically, or not ironically, but tragically, the day before, uh, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, a citizen pulled the 9-11 see something, say something routine, thankfully, which the police chief in Coeur d'Alene essentially said to those of us in the press briefing a couple of days ago, probably saved a lot of lives from being horribly disrupted in a riot or worse situation. What the citizen did was to call in a suspicious U-Haul truck, a box van, that 31 white nationalists from the proud Patriot Front had crammed into. Uh, they were in masks. They had um, riot shields. Some of them were carrying tear gas, and they had operational plans to disrupt the little pride celebration going on at the Coeur d'Alene Community Park. Um, additionally, about a week before that, the RCMP, for you Americans, that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, at the behest of the FBI and the West Palm Beach County Sheriff's Department in Florida, arrested a 17-year-old Ontarian male who also lives part-time in Palm Beach. At the time uh, that he uttered the threat, however, he was up in Ontario because he had threatened to go down to Pride in West Palm Beach and shoot the joint up. So he was arrested, and he is actually right now being extradited to Florida. Um, you know, it, the violence has gotten so bad and the threats have gotten so uh, bad that, you know, even President Biden made note of it. He talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, the White House, for the first time since the Obama White House, uh, held a pride reception. And it was more or less the who's who, the LGBTQ movement. But it also included some movers and shakers who were young people. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, three are from Florida that were there. Javier Gomez, Jack Petz, and another young man by the name of Will Larkins. They were at the Pride Reception. These young people are Gen Zers, and they have led um, the effort, especially after the DeSantis administration signed the Don't Say Gay Bill into law, uh, in protest and to make public awareness. 
uh, Jack and uh, his fellow Gen Zers are working every day to make a difference. And I think that's wonderful. And so Jack was on the dais yesterday when the president signed an executive order that basically extends protections for the LGBTQI community. The executive order is being signed in lieu of the Equality Act, which at this point is still pretty much dead in the U.S. Senate. So until that gets passed, the Biden administration is being very proactive uh, about trying to uh, take protections to help uh, the community out. Um, There's been some other fallouts. Uh, Equality Florida published yesterday that anti-LGBTQ laws are making the state less welcoming for business. And Wednesday, the Disney Corporation, which had planned to move 2,000 of its employees from California and New York to its park and uh, Imagineering operations in Florida, have now delayed that. Disney, in an interview with the Orlando Sentinel newspaper, told the paper that we're going to take our 2,000 employees and we're not going to move them down there until probably 2026. Um, mm-hmm. Disney spokesperson uh, Jackine uh, Waller told the Orlando Sentinel that the expected opening date for the construction of 2026 was to, quote, give people more time. However, company officials have privately acknowledged uh, to this reporter and to a few other reporters that the DeSantis fight with Disney uh, over Don't Say Gay, which escalated into Florida, passing a law that essentially removed the company's ability to self-govern, um, which would be a, was a critical blow, um, not to mention adding a $2 billion debt to local co- counties that are now going to be saddled with it. Um, so it's very much you know, tied into the political tensions between DeSantis, uh, Disney CEO Bob Chappick, and, of course, the company itself. And it was all stemming from the company's opposition to the Don't Say Gay um, law that DeSantis signed. So that that's kind of the overview for that. So this is kind of our pride season. And one of the things, we still have the two largest prides uh, to go in the United States, New York and San Francisco. Uh, I've spoke uh, spoken excuse me, to law enforcement, uh, both with the NYPD and the SFPD, uh, in light of the threats and some of the incidences that took pass over this last weekend, uh, I have been assured by those officials that they are taking every measure possible uh, to try and keep, you know, people safe at Pride. And it's not just only in places like New York and San Francisco that you also have to consider that other Prides going on uh, across the globe are also starting to see an uptick of anti-gay extremism and little towns and hamlets across the United States that aren't afforded the opportunities that New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and San Francisco do in terms of law enforcement uh, are finding themselves in some really awkward uh, positions. So on that happy note, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, no, that's pretty scary. I mean, um, it, and obviously we're seeing an escalation of this. Um, you know, it's, you know, and of course this all starts back with Trump and kind of him making um, racist and homophobic comments and uh, viewpoints normalized. And even though he's gone, his, his 
you know, incitement of his base and um, their sense of empowerment has, has made this continue. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's getting really gnarly. And, and the vitriol that is being targeted towards the LGBT community is uh, very specific. I mean, we are their scapegoats. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm very nervous for the events that are coming up because um, I, I think they are targets. And, um, you know, and, and Brody, it's also bleeding over to Canada. I mean, some of this violence since is we had um, the, that young actor who killed his mother and was on his way to um, create violence with um, Prime Minister Trudeau. I mean, what do we know about that? I mean, that wasn't anti-gay, but it was certainly... No, it wasn't um, anti-gay, but, you know, the R- yeah, the RCMP and the Ontario uh, Provincial Cops, as well as the Ottawa Police Department, you know, have also noted that there has been a sharp uptick in the radicalization, particularly within the, you know, the elements of the far right. You know, Canada is not immune from that. We do have certain segments of the population uh, that are, in fact, hard right and many of them espouse a lot of the same viewpoints that you would find in the United States Um, and you know of course as that situation is developing the RCMP and the Ottawa police you know will probably have a lot more to say Uh, but you know this is kind of where we're at now in the world and you know Trumpism uh, is in fact a good deal of it and the resurgence uh, of the right wing has become extremely problematic, uh, as you pointed out, not only in Canada, but the United States and, and elsewhere. Um, and it yeah. is something that, you know, uh, unfortunately has become scary. Yeah. So there you have it. And um, we'll stay vigilant and um, keep good thoughts. I'm going to shift gears now to uh, hopefully, uh, you know, a happier, more, um, uh, uh, enjoyable topic um, with our TikTok star and influencer Kendrick Leon Val. Welcome to the show, Kendrick. Hello, hello, hi, hi. Good to have you on. Um, shifting gear from the the threat against the LGBTQ community, I want to take you back to uh, your beginnings. You were homeschooled and. Uh, then got a recording contract by the age of 14. How did all that come about? Yeah, you know, the, the recording contract happened first and then the homeschooling. But um, I, oh, okay. I just got very, yeah, very fortunate to, to just happen to know certain people, family, friends. I was always singing. I was always performing and um, just got lucky that the right person heard me. And then got sent out on an audition and I got it. And then less than a month later, I got out of school and got flown out to South America. It was, it well, was pretty quick. It was. A, yeah. You're, you're obviously you have a lot of talent in that area. Your um, TikTok um, videos where you're singing are my personal favorites. Um, your voice oh, is incredible. So um, what, what are, what is going on with your, both your acting and your singing career currently? Yeah, well, you know, I, I started, I, you know, having worked from my early adolescence, 
to my early 20s, I kind of wanted to push away from music because it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. And my, you know, while I was doing music, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunities to do a little things here and there with acting. Um, and it was always such a passion of mine, and I just never felt like I fully got the chance to pursue acting. And that's where I am now. You know, I started uh, really going into it fully maybe a year ago. I've been lucky enough to get a bunch of opportunities and commercials and stuff like that, and it's just always the auditioning, you know. Keep, keep yeah. it moving and trying, trying to, to, to get there, you know, because that's really, I think, where my passions lie. In your when you in your TikTok videos, you obviously, you know, you're you're yourself, but you're on camera and you know it's like you are presenting. Do you do you feel like you take on kind of an acting role as you do each of your your TikToks? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I always I always tell people it's like this is a side of me. It's a heightened side. Um, it depends on what I'm doing. Because, cause, you know, I, 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 I talk a lot of my own opinions, and then a lot of the times I'm making jokes, I'm doing characters, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm doing accents of, of, you know, my culture and stuff like that. So it's, there's always a sense of being on when you're on camera, and no matter how open a person is with themselves and their audience, there's always a sense of acting, I think. And, and, I, and I'm very, very open and honest about that, and I think it gets people a little um, taken aback when they meet me because I'm not really always that on in, in, in my, in my personal life. I'm, I'm more shy. And so right. it's always that they're always like shocked that I'm not like screaming into the camera and making jokes, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's definitely a character. Yeah. So you, you take your phone with you and when they start acting like that, you kind of go to your TikTok account and go here, just watch, watch these for a few minutes and you'll, you'll yeah. be happy. I'll show you some of my drafts. It'll, it'll make you happy. Yeah, no. um, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm more of a, of a shy person. I'm great one-on-one. I'm not good in large groups. So I think yeah, people it, just expect me to be like that person. Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. You know, it's like I can get on a mic and talk to thousands of people and, you know, and I've done a lot, live radio here on public airways and I can speak in front of a thousand people, but put me into a cocktail party and I just wilt. So I, oh, I, yeah. I think there's something Absolutely. about that personality <laughs> that, yeah, it's like, it's like working the room is, is tough. Um, well, tell us about what happened with the ra- when you were signed, and um, you posted a picture of your boyfriend. And what what was what happened? Oh yeah, so I I was I was working for years at that point, and you know anyone who's been signed to labels like there's periods of time where you're shelved and you're just kind of there, and you know you have to start trying to live life. Well, I had already graduated from school early because I did everything online homeschooling. Um, so, you know, life happened. I, 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 I met somebody. It was great at the time. I thought, you know, 17 years old, this is the one. And social media was relatively new, at least Instagram was, when I, when I, when I started. And I didn't really have control over any social media. I never had the chance to create my own. Um, 
And you know, I was I was I was dating this guy, and I I posted a small like literally just a photo of us smiling. It could have been my brother, it could have been my friend, it could, but they they knew. They always knew when it came to right. me. Um, it had been conversation before. Um, I'm I'm not the most you know masculine man. I'm not you know what I mean. And I was I was I was always very uh, I had a flourish to me that they could really tell, and they tried so hard to repress because I mean. Everything that I did at the time, they're really trying to mold me to be the Latino Spanish version of a Justin Bieber, and I just didn't have that, like, hey girl, like vibe that they wanted. So it was always a push and pull with them. Um, when I did post it, it was it was almost instant. The conversation, uh, they just straight up asked me, like, are you gay? And I was like, um, yeah, I, th- I think so. And they're like. Okay, well, you're just, uh, at least my boyfriend thinks I ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like my boyfriend thinks I am. I mean, that's what he's been telling me. Um, and they were just like, and it was it was very strange. And let me tell you because my management at the time, like the 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 person who was taking care of me the whole time, uh, was a an open out loud lesbian, and it was pretty shocking the immediate pushback that I got because I thought we were close in the sense that I mean, we all but told I all but told her before. Right, but not right. only was this a few years back before we had uh, the choice of ons and the little Nasaxes and and even even a Sam Smith, you know, it was also in South America, and in South America in the Spanish world, it's it's like if if we've gone up five years back, they're ten years behind, you know. So right. it was it was it was just not even an option, and uh, you know, I was recording music again, and I was I was starting to do stuff, and they were just like, okay, well, goodbye. Just like that. Wow. And so wow. W- what I had been working on and what I had been striving for my whole life at, pretty much at that point was just literally thrown away, and I was brought back, and then swiftly after I was broken up with. So <laughs> kind of, oh. it kind of all fell. Uh, but I'm, I'm grateful for that because I was able to truly just be myself and not have to get away right. from that life. Because it, you know, it was, it was pretty repressing. I mean, for multiple reasons. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that in terms of how you internalized that. Was it after that happened, which is, uh, you know, absolutely atrocious um, that that you were put through it? Did it make you resolve to be more proud and out, or did it damage you and hold you back? In, internally, you, you know, I mean, were, were you less motivated? It was, it was, it was a little bit, a little bit of both, because, because you know, at the time, I, I was kind of, I, I mean, I have a very supportive family. I'm very blessed on that sense that my family never really gave me that much pushback. Um, but I, it was, it was strange for me because I felt like I never really got a chance to to discover my own sexuality because I was being told always, ever since I was little. Oh, you're so gay. You're gay. I come from that time in in the vernacular where everyone everything was gay, and so I just right. I just assumed gay equals bad. And then this happened to me, and I thought this ruined my dreams. This having this being this way ruined my dreams. And yeah, I mean, it was very it was very hard for me to come to terms with what this really meant because. At the time, I thought, well, if I'm gay, I have to be this way or that way, or I have to look this way, I have to act this way, I have to enjoy these certain things, and I never did. Um, 
And so it, it was hard for me because I, I, it wasn't like, oh, well, now I'm gay, so I get to, like, walk in and I'm open-armed accepted. They did not want me in the gay community. I was not their cup of tea. Um, you know, they didn't want someone who's just going to sit down and talk to them about random animal facts because I had no idea of what it was like to be a young adult because I was sheltered and, you know, I, I didn't know how to communicate with people my age, much less gay people my right. age. Um, so it was, it, it, was, it was a learning process, honestly. It was, it, it was a couple years of being very, very, very awkward around social interaction. Yeah, it, well, it's – and I, I don't know. It's um, – I mean, definitely our sexuality and that journey inside and the internal um, stuff it does to us um, makes us go inside. I mean, it's like I know I experienced that yeah. too, and it wasn't it wasn't so much even coming out to the gay community. It was just just being in any group of people because you walk in, and um, you know they're going to slap a label on you, uh, you know, without knowing anything about you. And for me, it was walking into straight spaces and everybody assuming I'm straight. And you know, it's like as soon mm-hmm. as you're you know you're something other than what they assume. It's it's just it's just um, exhausting um, because it's like yeah you have I, to go through this I, I totally explanation again yeah but now you you yeah, identified it, more as pansexual than gay recently is that yeah is that what, how you see yourself yeah you know I I've I've come I've come to the understanding and and it was it was I guess a realization because again I was told that you are gay you don't have a choice in the matter this is what you are. I was being told pretty much always, um, and all jokes aside, even from that first relationship, because I've always expressed my interest to, you know, more than just uh, one gender, and it was, it was very, you know, like, nope, stop that. That's a lie. Um, it honestly, I mean, I would say pansexual. I would, you know, if I casually speak to someone, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I, I don't, I'm queer. I don't really have a label, you know, that kind of thing, but... It, I think that right. that's the one that I've been able to really find, uh, you know, more of a connection towards. Within the many options we have, that's the one that I found the most kind of pinpoints exactly how I feel. Um, and that was another experience. That was another journey, trying to figure that out. Because um, there's no guidelines on that one, you know. You're gay or straight. That's how it's always been in my mind. Right. You know, and right. there's, there's, other, there's, other, there's other options. Yeah, no, definitely. In fact, one thing I talked about in the past is that it, it's like every human being is born and we each have a unique DNA profile, absolutely unique. You know, it's like, and they solve crimes with it because, you know, they find a little mm-hmm. strand of DNA from the criminal and, and if they, they can match that up to an individual, we have individual fingerprints, but it comes to something like our gender or our sexuality and boom it's only two options it's like well oh yeah how does that translate we are unique we are you know that is one of the human conditions of being unique um so one of the things that in your early 20s um you decided to address um what what you've called your mental health issues and your your weight at the time was kind of weaved into that what what was what was the trigger that you were at, at in your twenties that said, "I need to make some changes"? Yeah, it, it was you know it was it was years coming honestly because um, I was always the fat kid, 
I mean, I was I was the fat kid my my whole life. It was it was me. And in my culture, we're very we come we're very for lack of a better word vain. There's a very high beauty standard, and um, I dealt with that in my own family. And then when I I moved to South America and I was working in entertainment, they were like, "Oh, you're cute, but we need to change literally everything about you." So <laughs> I resorted into into everything they told me to do. And, and I explain to people a lot. You know, I, I believe that um, my history with eating and eating disorderedly uh, really came from being told to, less from me naturally coming to that conclusion, because I was being taught at a young age, well, this is what you got to do to lose weight. It wasn't, oh, you know, watch, watch what you eat, uh, you know, be active. No, it's like just starve for a couple of days, you know, take mm. this supplement to, like, suppress your food, take this, you know, because it, it was entertainment. They didn't have time to waste on me losing weight naturally. They wanted me to, you know, get thin now because no one likes a fat boy. That's what they told me. They said they said only a mother likes a fat boy. That was the whole thing that they told me all the time. So I had lost a lot of weight. I had gotten very thin, always fluctuating, always fluctuating, of course, um, when I was dropped, I was like, well, now I could eat again. It was simple as that. It wasn't, I didn't really battle to get back into eating or to leave my disordered eating. The problem was that I did the other type of disordered eating, which I was, I was just binging because I could. Right. I didn't have that pressure of, right. I'm not allowed to eat anymore. I could eat. You know, still dealing with the whole family thing because they weren't happy that I was eating. But I was always very confident even through that, even when I was big. I never let that kind of put me down, even though internally I did battle, especially in coming into the, the LGBT community. Um, I, it was a swift kickback. And, there were, you know, I was like, well, you know, okay, I'm gaining weight. Who cares? I'm happy. And then walk into the LGBT world and they tell you there's nothing worse you can be than fat. And I'm like, great, you know. So, um <laughs> It, 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 took, it took years, years of dealing with that. And then, honestly, my final straw was just health. And I tell people all the time, it's like, I don't believe that people need to lose weight. I don't think you need to lose weight to be happy. I don't think that uh, losing weight makes the world better for you either. I, I, I truly believe that the number one reason for you to want to lose weight and, and how it should be would, should be for health reasons. And not everyone that's bigger is unhealthy. Because we know that right. not everyone that's thin is healthy. You know, so why would it be the other way around? Uh, but for me personally, I'm a shorter guy. I had a lot of health issues, high cholesterol. I was pre-diabetic. I, it, it just accumulated so much throughout um, because I just didn't care. I, I genuinely didn't care about what I look like anymore. Uh, and it wasn't until my health got there that I, I was like, okay, well, now I'm getting sick. Uh, so I, I, I really took, took charge. But at that point, I realized strongly that I was resorting back to my disordered eating. And I was resorting right. back to what I was taught to do. And that's when I kind of, it kind of all clicked for me. And I'm like, I have to get to the root of the problem. And the root of my problem is not what I eat, how much I eat, or how inactive or active I am. The root of my problem is my mental health. And arguably, I think that that's really the case for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. I think that I think that's true. What um, did did you have a, what you would consider a unhealthy relationship with food? I mean, was food uh, a a substance for you to deal with emotions, or was it just 
your natural metabolism just you ate 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 healthily for you and it but it attributed to weight. Yeah, no, absolutely. A little bit of both, to be to be honest, because I, I was just naturally always going to be big. And and I still say, it's like, I'm, I, my natural state, I think, is always going to be a little thicker. Um, but it had gotten to a certain point because I was using food as, uh, you know, it was an addiction. And, and, and for me, it, it really was that addiction. I was like, um, I feel ugly today. I'm 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 just gonna eat. Or I feel sad today. I'm gonna eat. I get I got a uh, I I did bad on an audition. I'm gonna eat. Um, and it just became that, you know. And and you know I I started surrounding myself with other people that were just naturally very thin and loved to eat. And so we would just all hang out. They would be eating, and I was like, why do I have to sacrifice joy because right. of what I look like? I'm not gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna eat. And I and I still have that mentality. It's just there's there's the right way and the wrong way to do it, you know. And for me, I think at that point in my life, I was taking it as, like, defiance. Like, I don't care what you guys think about me. I'm going to eat. I don't care if, if you guys think I'm fat. I'm going to eat, you know. And it wasn't healthy. It was like I was rejecting uh, beauty standards of my in my life and, and, and what I was expected to be, but I, I took it to the other side. I went a little too extreme. And that was a big, big thing when it came to taking care of my mental health was realizing that. Yeah, it's um, and I relate to that on another a whole other level just because um, I have that issue with um, drugs and alcohol and been many years in recovery. Um, just you know, because it's you know that was my go-to to deal with you know, my my internal stuff and. And I'm in situations where other people can do it and I can't. You know, it's like it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, anymore. But, uh, you know, and then, but I agree with you. It's like it's that internal stuff that's the issue, not what happens on the outside because of dealing with that stuff, um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. So what, absolutely. I mean, you've definitely embraced kind of your, your, self and your physicality coming through to the other end. What has the lessons been on that journey from before and after for you? You know, I think that there are many misconceptions when it comes to what it's like to be thin, uh, what it's like to be um, look a certain way that I think are harmful for both parties, for the people who are thin and for the people who want to be thin. Um, Right. I came from the idea that if I was thin, my life was going to be perfect. It was just that mindset. Well, when I was right. thin, I was working in music and entertainment. Like, my life is going to be perfect. And, you know, my, my big into the transit, into like the, the you know, body um, really changed drastically during the pandemic for me. So it was like I was, I was all I was doing was working out. All I was doing was working out all day because that's all I had to do. Um, and I quickly realized once things started opening up more and I started seeing the world, I was like, you know, this is not all it's cracked up to be. And I don't think enough people talk about that, especially in the weight loss community. Um, you know, it's always like, well, look how good, congratulations, and look how amazing you are, and mm-hmm. life is so great. But at the end of the day, I think it's a double-edged sword as well. It's, it's, it's about... You know, I think body acceptance is important, but also realizing that not only people that look a certain way deal with body image issues. 
I think people who have always been thin deal with body image issues. Um, people who have always been big deal with body image issues. And the people that kind of fall and fluctuate as well, especially in the LGBT community, because, you know, we're just, we're just expected so much. There's so much pressure um, on, on extremes, you know, to fit that label. Oh, well, you're not big enough to be a bear. You're not thin enough to be a twink. You're not muscular enough to be a hunk. Like, there's so many boxes that we have to qualify in, but a lot of us just don't. Um, and I don't think enough people really talk about that, honestly, because it's, 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 it's kind of frowned upon to admit to the fact that, you know, people of all body types can deal with, um, you know, body image issues. Right. Well, yeah, my experience is, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but they're, they're yeah. sort of the, the box mentality of what I'm going to use is quote unquote, the gay community. Cause I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. here's an irony for you. Um, Brody Vleck, who, you know, is, is sitting here on this, on this show um, is a long-term mm-hmm. journalist and he presumably even started the phrase gay community back in the eighties um, in his writing. Wow. And um, I actually, in my writings have come out and I actually reject that concept because I think there are gay communities. There are certain communities yeah. that have a lot of gay people in, in different places, but there's no one overriding place. But you're right. There is a box mentality that a lot of people get into where they want to categorize different people into you're a twink, you're a bear, you're this, you're that. And um, to me, just the whole mentality is wrong and wrongheaded. And yeah. To your point, the vast majority of gay people that I've ever met, LGBTQ people I've ever met, are all individuals. And they might have some quality that puts them into somebody's box somewhere, but that's not the actual reality. And and there are people who try to get into a box. You know, they try to emulate what the the box looks like. Um, you're, You're so unique and so wonderful. Um, I, I just, when I see your work and your stuff on TikTok, what I see is sort of beyond the beauty you've achieved through your exercise and weight loss and all that. What I see is a new attitude that you exude through that and a new confidence. Um, did you, is that something new for you? Or when you were heavier, did you have a similar confidence? We don't see videos of you then. Yeah, you know, I had, I had, um, I've always been very, very me. I always had a very similar sense of humor and uh, uh, self, self confidence wasn't necessarily my issue. I feel a lot of it when I was larger um, was performative, in the sense that I, 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 I was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna be so open about loving myself that you know, the fat joke isn't going to do nothing to me, right? And it was right. kind of like I, right. I believed it. I believed it, and I genuinely still believe it. Um, but I, internally, I always thought, well, I'm not succeeding enough because I'm fat. I'm not – I'm not – I never dealt with relationship issues. I was always very blessed to have great relationships, so the dating life never became a problem. But um, there was a lot of things in my life that I thought I would have been more successful if I was thin, Um and I had that battle always. And, and I think that I, you know, and I appreciate what you said, because for me, 
losing weight and realizing that I became more of what the standard of beauty was that I thought I would never achieve, I realized there's not, life isn't, you know, perfect here, you know. Things aren't great. I, I, you know, I, I always battled when I was larger, not of the LGBT community, being accepted mostly by, by gay men. I never felt very accepted when I was large. Um, and then when I lost weight, I quickly realized that being desired is not the same as being accepted. Mm-hmm. They still wanted nothing to do with me, but they wanted to sleep with me. And that's, that's when I really, I really noticed that the truth behind self-love and the truth behind being confident has nothing to do with the way you look because no matter what we do, we will always be changing physically. Our bodies are always changing. Um, but who I am fundamentally is what I love. My sense of humor, my, my, my wit, um, my kindness. These are things that I appreciate about myself that cannot be changed by my physical appearance. So that's really where my confidence comes from. Yeah, no, and it, it comes through and, and – I mean, and you do communicate that, even though they're just you know a few minutes here and a few minutes there. Um, I'm just wondering if, and this isn't a comment on this generation because the generation before and before that had similar systems that that did this. But it seems like um, a lot of the grinder experience and a lot of even the bar experience is all based on superficial stuff. I mean, it's it's like mm-hmm. in in it it the it's like the system doesn't encourage depth, you know. It's like you, you oh, know yeah. on Grinder and you know it's like they're you know they don't they don't say you know okay we're going to let you you you're going to present yourself to a bunch of strangers and you're going to sing for five minutes, you know, and that's what you get to present yourself. Trust me, I would never have a date again in my life if <laughs> that were the case. Because I can't, yeah, you can, no, but I can't. <laughs> but um, it, it just, it just, um, you know, it's like it, because like you felt it as you know because of your weight. But I've talked to other people, and everybody has kind of a similar thing, except it's always a different quality. It's like nobody likes yeah. this quality, and nobody likes that quality, and you know, none of it's actually true. There are people who like only heavy set people there are people who like Mm -hmm. only you know this person or that person but then there are the the loud vocal ones who are completely rejecting of it so i guess my my question is 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 there a better way that we we as a society and especially lgbtq people could be interacting with each other i mean honestly it, it all comes down to being kind you know there there is there's i in my opinion you know, there are a lot of people that have specific preferences and I respect everyone and their choices, but there's a way of communicating that with the the mindset of if you don't want it done to you, why would you do it to someone? But something about exactly. the dating apps, it just has this like sense of power, I think, that people feel. Because, I mean, I've had a horrible, I mean, I'm not on anything. I don't use any of these platforms, even though you might see me because people constantly use pictures, which is another issue, but I, I chose to exit from that because it, it really became uh, a fear of why are they even interested in me? Like, what is the goal? And it's like, if it's just sex, that's great. Like, good for you, you know, whatever. But a lot of the times I feel like it's, it's, it's very, a, it's a power move for a lot of people. 
they feel, well, I rejected this person. I, I was mean to this person. And, and even if they don't say it out loud, it, from my experience, from people that I've spoken to, friends that I've talked to about this, there's such an ease to making people feel bad about themselves on these apps that mm-hmm. it's unnecessary. It's, it's just extremely unnecessary because very few people, very few people actually meet that standard of what people want. And I, I see it with all my friends. They're like, I only want a guy if he looks like this and like that and like that. And then you see who they end up with and they look nothing like that. And I was like, you know, all these people you rejected and all these horrible dates that you went on with these people that fit these boxes for you, you know, if you would have just thrown that away, you might have met the love of your life. But you can't see past it. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I, I, I think, I, I do think we've done amazing work. I think we've done amazing work so far. I think many, many, uh, you know, artists and, and, and you know, um, content creators, and they've done so much to change that. But I, I, I just don't think that we've been able to separate the idea of, this perfection that the LGBTQ community needs to be. And each individual group has their own idea of that. You know, like what is the perfect, you know, this and the perfect that. And, and we, we have to fit that box. And, and again, most people don't. So it's just a whole bunch of people feeling insecure. And when you're insecure, when you're hurt, you hurt others. So I, I, I think like you're absolutely you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it would be, and that's one thing I would love to infuse in in our our societies and our LGBTQ influence societies is the kindness that you're talking about. I, I think that is that is an ideal that you know I would love to see a shoot for. Um, you through the pandemic, you created a, a great little population, a great little following, not little, a great following for yourself, 145,000. People watch your your TikTok videos. What is your goal for what what is your strategy, if you will, for your TikTok audience? Where do you want to take them? So when I when I first started TikTok, to be perfectly honest, I came in as an older millennial judging. I walked in and I was like, oh, all these twelve year olds making dance videos. Like, oh, they're so, they're so annoying, all that stuff, right? I walked in, and I, I started seeing people, and, and TikTok has this way of doing this, where they, they show you people that have st- striking similarities to you, that you just, you're like, how mm-hmm. do they know? And I started seeing that, and I was like, well, you know, I'm here by myself all day. I'm going to start creating. So I just started talking about my weight loss journey that I was currently on, and I was able to cultivate a group of people that, I mean, I never thought, and honestly, honestly, I didn't think that it was brave of me to show my body without editing it. I didn't think it was brave of me to show my loose skin. I was just at home. So in my mind, I'm like, why am I going I'm, to, I'm, I'm at home. I'm not on a photo shoot. I'm not in a set. I'm at home. Why should I change the way that I look for the camera? And But I was able to, to really communicate with people that, that have that same mentality and that were refreshed by seeing someone just be themselves mm-hmm. and not, and, 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 you know, it's not like to toot my own horn. Like I'm on myself and I'm good. You know, I just think it was, it's, it, it's not common. And I've noticed it even more and more. It's just not common. Um, again, some of us fall in the in-between of things and the in-between is usually never spoken of. It's always the extremes. So when you see body positivity, you see people on the larger side, right? 
when you see, right. you know, beauty and, and, and these ideas of what's the beautiful, you see people on the thinner side. But, you know, there's equal beauty and body positivity and beauty on one side and body positivity on the other, you know, because a lot of these bodybuilders have horrible body dysmorphia, have horrible eating, have horrible issues with their body self-image, you know, and, and vice versa on the other side. And, and, you know, and have people who are large, who are very successful models, who are very healthy, who are, you know, the pinnacle of beauty as well. And I think that a lot of the times, and I think this is how I really grabbed an audience was, I, I don't necessarily fall into the one other extreme, but I still speak of things and I still, you know, I still talk about body positivity and I did get a lot of pushback. I'm not even going to lie. There was a large amount of people when I started that disliked me for even speaking on body positivity because they thought, well, look at you. You've never, you don't know what it's like to right. be called fat. And I'm like, little do you know, you know, because <laughs> it's like it's you were thin flaming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're like, well, you don't know yeah. what it's like to deal with this, or you don't know what it's like to – and I'm like, I don't know what it's like to be anyone other than me. And that's, just, that's right. just how I view everything when it comes to social media. I just know how to be myself. And I've been so blessed that people have enjoyed it. Now, when it comes to my goal, like I, once I started on social media, I immediately said, I'm going to follow my passions again. I'm going to get into acting. And I was told by an agency that I wanted to you know, sign with that – they won't even look at me unless I have over 10,000 followers. And in the acting world, this is very common. Um, so many people that I know that are extremely talented will not even be viewed because of their social media presence. And the other way around, people who are already established are being told that they have to create a social media presence. Um, so I, I, you know, that was my goal. 10,000 was my goal. And, it, it, you know, that, that, I surpassed that. <laughs> And now, you, you know, kind of went over for, it. For, yeah. for, <laughs> I went over it a little bit, but for me, it really came down to, to, you know, continuing showing what I believe I have to offer um, and wanting the opportunities, you know, and, and searching for them. And sometimes those doors aren't open unless you open them yourself. Right. And right. that's kind of how I, how I took it. You know, it's like, I'm going to put, I'm yeah. going to put myself out there until the right person sees me. And I, I'm going to be able to speak on what I want to speak on and, 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 and not be censored anymore because my whole childhood I was censored, you know, and, and it's like, well, I'm free now. And, and, and there's people who want to listen. That's great. Let's talk. Always with the idea and the mindset of being kind to people because, unfortunately, on social media, you cannot disagree with someone without immediately, immediately attacking their physical appearance. And I'm talking about so many people that – all their platform is about body positivity and not bullying. But the second someone disagrees with them with anything, anything, the first thing they do is go for their looks. And I just, I right. can't with that hypocrisy. Right. I practice what I do. Yeah, if I disagree with you and I um, have to get down to insulting you, I lost. Well, yeah, and, 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 and I totally agree because I've done a lot of writing where I'm definitely arguing a point of view in, in, within a contentious argument, and my focus is never the the qualities of the person that I'm arguing against. It is the argument and their point of view that I'm going to fight, and I'll fight hard against that. But I won't fight. Yeah. And I won't attribute some other quality they have um, to that. Um, one thing that you've talked about in the past is your um, your reaction to people being attracted to you now 
and kind of, and I'm going to read into this, it's almost like a distrust because all of a sudden people are attracted to you now that you are, you know, you have physical qualities and, and your qualities are beautiful and, and everything else, but you knowing that you were the same person before and that they weren't reacting. Um, can you talk oh, to that yeah. level of trust and how you're dealing with that? Absolutely. I mean, that, that for me was, um, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm still, when I think of myself, and not in a negative way, when I think of myself, when I dream and I'm in a dream, I am bigger. That's how I see myself, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I live my life with that knowledge and that experience as a bigger person. And it, 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 was, it was a quick realization, like I mentioned earlier, the wanting to be desired and the being desired by, by people within, a, you know, a certain group. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean the same because they don't care about you. They care about what you look like. And mm-hmm. I noticed it, you know, even on social media. I've gotten so many people that have called me horrible things when I was big, made fun of me when I was big, um, you know, led me on or, or called me ugly, a bunch of things when I was big, they're in my DMs, they're in my comments, they're, they're, they're thirsting after me, and they have no idea that I'm the person that they did that to. So in my mind, that tells me I'm not the only one that they did that to, but I didn't forget. Right. And, and I've experienced that a lot. It's that mistrust, and when it did come down to dating, Honestly, I, I, still, I still struggle with it because it's like if, if, if I feel in my mind that you wouldn't be with me if I, w- if I was big, I'm eventually going to probably be big again, at least to a certain extent, maybe not all the way that I was, but that's most likely where I'm going to be, and, and I don't want to be with someone or formulate a relationship based off of something that is going to change, which is beauty, and that's the case with everybody. You know, beauty's, you know, beauty is, is, is fading and it's, 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 you know, it's a moment and it's what people like at the moment, you know, and, and I've, I've realized that really young and I, and I, and I, I want to create something truthful, meaningful. And unfortunately it has also been a little bit of downside because a lot of people, I, I think the last acceptable culturally, socially, even on social media form of ridicule is towards fat people and larger bodies in general, and I can't tell you the amount of times I've been on a date with someone and they make a fat joke, or they comment about right. someone's weight, right. or they, you know, and, right. and I'm like, but I'm right here. I mean, it's happened even recently where I've, I've met with a photographer, or I met with, like, someone for something, and, and they're, they're, they know my platform, they see what I talk about, and they still make fat jokes in front of me. I'm like, how, how is this, how, how do you not acknowledge the fact that that's not going to fly with me? And unfortunately, right. when it came to dating, it was it was just that mis- as like you wouldn't like me if I was big. I don't like you now. And right. you know, right. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I realize not everyone. Well, it's like you you are so beautiful internally, and you know so much beauty comes out of you. Um, you know, it's like and there will be the right person that that sees all of you, um, and that you know the the external they are will be in love with no matter what, what, where you fall on the range. Um, and I, the only thing I slightly disagree with you on is that the fat jokes are the, the ultimate because uh, just wait till you get older because the age stuff is no, yeah, the, no, pretty that one also. nasty too. <laughs> yeah. it's no, like, you are and, absolutely and right. Your, but your point before is totally valid. Kindness is the issue and kindness is really the value that we need to influence people to get to. 
because then it takes care of all of it. You know, it's like, you know, our superficial qualities are not us, you know, whether it's age, weight, you know, any of that, you know, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Because let me tell you the, 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 the thing that I always say is like anyone could be nice, but not everyone is kind. And you see that with those actions. Because I've done many videos, actually, about the, you know, just blatant hatred towards, uh, specifically in my, in my experience, towards older gay men within the younger gay mm-hmm. community. And I'm just like, we are, you know how fortunate, how lucky that we, we will be to age and how rare it is to find an older gay man and why? Do you not know our history? Do you not understand why? The minimum, the minimum amount of respect is just, just be respectful. But it's, uh, it's the whole thing. It's, the, it's the, the idea that, you know, youth is not, it's, it's forever and it's perfect. It's like youth is not forever. You know, yeah. we'd be lucky and, to and, age. It's a blessing. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that it's, it's not just the young gay men with that. In fact, I found many more younger gay men who like older gay men. They're, my bigger mm-hmm. frustration is the older gay men who would not date themselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, they, they, uh, who they are, yeah. they don't qualify to date. That They only want somebody who's 20. And it's like going, why? Yeah. You, you know, and, and I don't blame the 20-year-old for not, you know, because you're not peers. You, 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 of course. You know, you're, you're going for their physicality, period. And that's, a, that's an affront to them. So, yeah, it's, I mean, we've, we got issues. I'm we got issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm 28. I don't think I could. I don't. I don't. I don't think I could date someone who's 18 or, or, or even in their early 20s, just because it's like, yeah, you know, there's 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 differences in in, in, in our humor and in our references. There's so much there. But internalized hate is always the loudest, right? And and in our community, right. it's it's very prevalent as well. There's so many so many different reasons why people hate things. And then if you if you look at what they're pointing at, it's usually a reflection of themselves. Exactly. And those, I'm afraid, are going to be our last words for today because we are out of time. Henrik, oh. thank you so much for coming on. You are absolutely beautiful. Your attitude is beautiful. Your talent is beautiful. Everything about you is beautiful. And um, I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for you, um, especially with your acting career. And um, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see what what the next chapter is going to be for you. Um, I want to thank you again <laughs> thank you for so being you for coming on with us today. And Brody, thank you for your work on the show, and thank you for your work on the Los Angeles Blade magazine. Uh, really important magazine. It is growing and growing with its readership, and um, because it's quality work and quality articles, and um, everybody needs to be reading it. You can find that at losangelesblade.com. Um, as for us at Rated LGBT Radio, we will be back again next week. We will have a fantastic show for you, and I have no idea what it will be on, but I guarantee you that it will meet all of those adjectives. So for those of us um, on the team here, tell your friends to subscribe, and we will see you again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. LGBT Radio.